life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. There is so much to talk about on this podcast. Oh, yeah, there is. And, and so incredibly varied. I'm not sure how we're going to get through all of it. As a result, we're we only break doing... It into chunks. Here. Seriously, we're only doing one car debate. Our friend Chad wrote to us uh, from Chicago, and I love his emails. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be really cool. fun. Uh, we have much to talk about about releases on various platforms and uh, Tesla pigs in space, <laughs> T- Tesla car in space. Exactly. I just keep thinking about the Muppets thing. But before we get to all of that, oh, we so also have funny. a really cool question to open the thing that came from a few weeks ago. But before I open all of that, I wanted to talk about Dallas and Meetup. Oh, yes. I'm glad you're addressing this. Uh, many of you have started writing back in and saying you would be interested in a Dallas Meetup. Look, this is going to be a very informal thing. I'm there to see family. And, yeah, uh, right. and And I just realized... Well, I mean, we make it work. Anytime totally. we can. And we're well, on it, a trip it's for that, whatever reason. It's that, it's that pro and con thing. I'm there to see family. But yeah. also it'd be nice to... Get away from family. It's it's that it's that mixed bag thing. So uh, so so one of the nights that I'm there, and I, nobody from family is listening. Exactly, so we're I'm, fine. We're, we're, we're going to do a right? meetup. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday night, the twentieth of this month of February. Okay, Tuesday night. I, I'm probably going to be at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill, which is on the, the western edge of town. Yeah, I like that you chose that. Also, a yeah, fellow I think Velocity I just, show I've been, there. I've been curi- curious about that place, and I haven't been to Dallas in years, so I figure I'll go there for that uh, time and all that TBD. Look, this is going to be as about as informal as possible. We we may get a drink at the bar. We may stand on the in the parking lot and look at cars. I don't know what this is going to be, but it just seems, seems like a nice place to meet. Right, uh, right. So more details to follow. But it is going to happen. I wanted to get that out a couple of weeks ahead of when it actually happens. So those of you that are still catching up on the podcast will hear this prior. Uh, details will be forthcoming on social media so you can track it there. There is that. Um, we should talk about uh, space news, which has never been a sentence we've space uttered. Space news. But we also, then I want to get into this great question from Sean as well. Yep, agreed. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. As always, we are back uh, on Television Velocity. This is episode eight, even no. though it's number eight, but it's number actually number five. It's, right? n- it's none of the above. This is, episode, this, is, this is week six. Week six, episode six. It's uh, it's the limits. Uh, piece. Where did I go wrong? I don't know. I thought it's it was okay. episode eight for some. It's okay. Reason. It's episode six. Okay, never mind. Week six of season two. It, this is the lemons racing episode. I'm very excited for people to see this. It's very different. Okay. Yes, this is going to be fun. Uh, and thanks to all of our TV sponsors. You've heard us mention them before. We couldn't do it without these guys. Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Auto Tempest. And don't forget, if you use the code every day. With Covercraft, they'll mm-hmm. give you free shipping in the U.S. And with yes. Garage, they'll give you 10% off your order. And also don't forget, I, I did it today literally for this car debate. I had an idea for a car, and I thought, is it really even possible? So I went to Auto Tempest and searched for a single car at a single price point so I could check everybody selling them to try to see if my, my research was right. So, I mean, that's a really helpful way to search. So we're glad to have them with us cool. as well. Very cool. All right. Well, we've got a lot of news. Uh, we have... Um, Space news, as you said, to talk yes, about. Yes, which but is an odd sentence, have, but yes. We also have Sean on Instagram as TC Car Guy. Uh-huh. He asked if we would build a dream garage with one car from each of the following countries. And by the way, Sean, I added France. So <laughs> Japan, not? America, Britain, Italy, Germany, and France. Yes. And we're going to get to that. And I hope that you guys appreciate all the work that Todd and I did that went into this list. Yes. Because this well, is going to be interesting. But then I this made it more fun. difficult. I said, I said, hang on. Let's do this two ways. If we're going to do this, let's do it two ways. Let's do a money no object version of that list. 
Mm-hmm. And let's do an under 50K version of that list. This is going to be fun. So, yeah, again, the countries we're covering are Japan, Germany, Italy, France, UK, and America. And under each category, you can only pick one car. It's 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 crazy. Definitely I've got get multiple. I'm gonna cheat. I've got I've got two on cheat. on one of mine, but by and large, I've tried to be good. Uh, so yeah, that's I'm not gonna be good at all. All right. Uh, speaking of news, um, space news never happened before on the podcast, <laughs> but it's this space is not news the space cars. podcast either. Well, but I'm a space geek, though I have to admit you are a space geek. My my, my dad was is and was an engineer. Originally was trained as an aer- aerodynamic engineer, mm-hmm. an aerospace engineer. So he, um, yeah, so he wound up working for Exxon for years. But all of his all of his training was in aerospace. So he was just a total space geek. Did he ever have a security clearance for no. any of the stuff he did? No, no, because it was oil. It, so it was all oil. Not really. I mean, Pretty maybe there was an Exxon security clearance, but he no. wasn't doing talking to anybody but else. But nothing government-related. No, no, or, no. Uh, but anyway, so, okay. um, but he was a total space geek and told all these stories. We had all of this publicity material. We, all the photos that everybody knows about of space, we had those hanging up in our house, like the guys on the moon and stuff. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. So I've been I've been inbred in, in it, so, so to speak, from the beginning. So I'm very fascinated by space. But in case you haven't followed along this week, and I'm sure you noticed because it's everywhere, they did this Falcon Heavy launch, SpaceX. I want to say Tesla did it, but it wasn't. It was SpaceX. It was, it was SpaceX. SpaceX. It was the Yet another company. one of his companies. Yes. Hey, I've got an idea. Boom, company. Which means Elon, this was Elon's idea for the moment, which means he literally went out and hired rocket scientists. Let, let, let's be clear. He is not a rocket scientist. He hired rocket scientists, yeah. and they've made a really money, impressive though. rocket company. Yeah, honestly. And what's so crazy is the Tesla Design Studio shares the parking lot with SpaceX, Mm-hmm. And they are very, I mean, they're like warring against each other. I mean, no Tesla parking over here by SpaceX and no SpaceX parking over here by Tesla. It's like, huh. uh, doesn't the same guy like own? Never mind. Is, isn't, I won't isn't, go there. There, isn't there one owner parking space and it's right between the two? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, that's the airstrip out back where that Elon lands. Fair point. Fair point. Design reviews. But I wanted to talk about this in, in two categories because I feel like the only real press it's gotten, I mean, I've read the counterpoint, but the only real press it's gotten is jaw drop. Isn't this amazing? But there are two sides to this discussion. Okay. And I kind of wanted to unpack it for a minute. I mean, for the whole launch and for the what launch, he did and for all the this stuff? Okay. And all this thing. Okay. And, of course, it relates to the podcast because there is actually a red Tesla Roadster with a mannequin floating off in space right now. Don't panic. With, seriously, with, with pictures, <laughs> which is a fantastic reference as well. Exactly. With, with fantastic pictures of the Earth in the background. I mean, yeah. those are they're, – they're jaw-dropping. They're, they're every bit as exciting as those Apollo kind of, kind of pictures. They're really cool. It's fantastic. The synchronized la- uh, landing of the boosters. That was um... – he he, kind of spiked the football there, don't you think? In a huge way. I mean that that honestly, it's it's one of the coolest space things I've ever seen, especially the things I've ever seen. And it was so otherworldly; it felt like you were watching a cut scene in a Michael Bay film. Yeah, yeah, I can it see felt that. like something somebody had built in a computer to be a cool cut scene of some sci-fi world that does no. That just happened. Cape Canaveral. There it is. Two rockets landing side by side. Although, not to be Debbie Downer, but the 
the middle booster. Actually, they couldn't get the retro jets fired in time, and it oh, actually I, hit the water at 300 miles an hour. And spewed shrapnel all over the the, uh, so, the ocean and also the barge was supposed to pick it up, yeah, causing lots of damage. the barge. No, I agree. No, I, so, um, it literally missed the boat. That happened. No, that, that's, that's the thing I want to talk about. Is I want to talk about <laughs> the stuff that didn't go right. Okay. Because, I mean, the media would have you think it just – he spiked the football – Look at it's just a casual, nonchalant. He shot a car into space. Yay! Moving on. Yeah. That was Tuesday. Exactly. It, it was actually Tuesday. Moving on. But the, the, <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is, the the fact that they have actually cracked this thing of rockets that can land themselves mm-hmm. is shocking and amazing. But it's also on another level, it is indicative of our time. If you think about the uh, the Saturn program, the program, the sure. Apollo program that went to the moon. Sure. There was no GPS. There was no big computer to do calculations that your that your phone can do now. Okay, it was slide yeah, rules true. and this. I mean, these true. these guys were doing this the hardcore way. Okay, the the side of the capsules made out of bit extra thick foil. Okay, this is this is <laughs> now the heavy duty aluminum foil. Exactly. So compared you to have the, a big to turkey. The, yeah, or but, but you have wanting a, to go let's to be space. Honest, I, I'm not saying there's not tons of genuine rocket science and amazing, impressive intelligence going into rockets landing themselves. But let's be honest, they are connected to a GPS network and are self-aware at a level that hasn't been possible up until the last 10 years. Yeah, fair enough. So that brings me to this point. Okay. Those two boosters peel off and land themselves. Right. right. This big rocket puts a Tesla in space and launches it into deep space. (laughs) Kind of cool. Also really cool. However, the press would have you believe, at least I feel like the press in general would have you believe two things. One... This was they thought it was going to be 50/50 and it was flawless. Hang on. Two, <laughs> most powerful rocket ever. Also not true. Most powerful rocket currently flying. The Saturn V okay. rocket that went to the went to the moon was still far more powerful than what launched this week. It was my understanding this one this week was 27 rocket engines combined to make a lot of power, yeah. but the one that went to the moon, the Saturn V, was yeah. Don't, don't get me don't get me wrong. This huge. is the the reason it keeps getting pressed as the most powerful rocket. They're not t- the 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 sentence kind of ellipses as if ever made. No, that's not the case. The Saturn yeah. V was more powerful, significantly more powerful. It's just this one, but be, being called the Falcon Heavy, incredibly powerful and by far the most powerful launch vehicle currently being used. But that's not being discussed. You suppose it's reporters who are too lazy to go actually look and compare and because it, no, it's a better headline. It's a better it's a better discussion. I think point. they're lazy. The most powerful rocket. You just say it and you leave it there, and then the 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 audience in general goes the most power. He made the most powerful rocket ever. Yeah, not, not really. Ever isn't really in the sentence. Too so much credit. That. You're thinking. Then the second thing is, it launches. The center part goes into Earth orbit to then fire toward Mars. Right. They missed. Well, you know, we're talking hand grade, hand grenades, horseshoes, and space. But this is my point. This is my point. SpaceX has done a lot of incredibly successful and, – and look, I'm glad they exist because once the shuttle got decommissioned, how do we service the space station? How do we get anything into space? SpaceX is getting it done, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But I, come, but I come I back know. to my whole GPS and calculations thing. They have figured out in essentially Earth orbit how to nail this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But guys in the 60s with pocket protectors and slide rules and no GPS never missed the moon. Never. Right, right. Never. Their calculations were so bang on. Their burns were all correct. The only time it went awry was Apollo 13. 
which right. had to do with equipment failure. Same of Apollo 1, which burned up on the launch pad. I can go space geeky. I can get there. This is okay? impressive. But the point is, they, they never missed a burn. Voyager, which went out of our solar system, by the way, was launched in the 70s. It exceeded expectation. The, the landers that would have been on Mars driving around at four times their lifespan, they didn't miss. All right. All so right. my point so steering is, back to cars. So, yeah, nicely done. <laughs> but my point is you launched a car and you're talking about how exciting it is and everybody seems to kind of be glossing over the fact that you missed. And if this had been anything other than a publicity stunt car in space, that would have been a huge screw up. Yes, but I'm definitely on the side of you shot a Tesla Roadster into space. It's cool. Nothing exploded. Well, except the you know the main rocket hit the water and is exactly. pretty much not usable again. That's and, missed too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's. Uh, I'm definitely on the optimist side. Like, look what he did. Look at the the privatized budget that he did. I you know I'm, far less cost than the Saturn V rocket in absolutely. equivalent dollars. Absolutely. No, no question. No question. You know all those kinds of things. And and you know the fact that it's a tongue in cheek because I also read that what you usually do is you shoot steel blocks or concrete blocks into space for testing purposes. Of Why not a Tesla Roadster? Totally. I mean, let's make it fun. Let's let's have no, more fun with it. The no, government would have never done that. They would no, have shot concrete not. blocks in the space. Of course they would have. Yep. So yep. the fact that he's doing it and tongue in cheek and mm-hmm. you know getting all this stuff, I also heard Max G that you know the Tesla Roadster isn't going to last because of the radiation in space will pretty much disintegrate yeah. the car within a year, is my understanding. There are two complete counter theories. One is there's so much radiation from the sun and so many micro particles flying through space, it's going to be torn to shreds and, and essentially radiated to pieces. The other theory is no space is a massive void and there's nothing to affect it, so it's going to go on for hundreds and thousands of years. Depending upon the person whose rabbit trail you'd like to chase, you can read either of the above. Well, maybe the aliens will figure out how to recharge it at least. Because it's got to be on low on power right now. Probably is. And then they can cruise around on whatever their plan is. If they is. put awesome solar panels on it, just think what could be done. But Tesla's but, on Venus. But I do come back to the fact, guys in the 60s with slide rules versus GPS and massive computing power, you missed. Well, You missed. Yeah, okay. I mean, now it's going for the sun, right? They're going to orbit it's, the sun? It, no, it's missing Mars and winding up in the asteroid field that's just oh, beyond yeah, that's Mars. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Asteroid belt. Yeah. That's okay, too. I'm, I'm cool with that. I, don't get me wrong. It's a, I'm loving the images, and I'm incredibly impressed. And the side-by-side <laughs> rocket launch is – I mean, rocket landing is in, incredible. But where's the discussion about the fact that there's some huge failures here? Sure. I so mean, I we just, aimed for Mars, and, and we hit the asteroid belt. And this, and this is – Sweet. But, I mean, this is the reality of space travel. Look at the U.S. space program up to the moon. All kinds of failures happen in there because they were learning by doing. They couldn't learn by simulation that didn't exist. Don't you think we should go back to the moon and Elon should design the next lunar rover sure, to cruise whatever. around on the moon? Yeah. It'll be beautiful. It'll be painted red. It'll be <laughs> cool looking. I, they'll be green on I the moon. Am, I, am all somehow. For, I am all for space exploration. I love that it's, it's been privatized. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I hope we keep going back and doing yeah, more. Yeah. But let's be candid about what's working and what's not. Side-by-side rocket landings, though, that's a good Tuesday. Honestly, I, I really have enjoyed all the, um, the landing failures on the barge when it touches down, and we did it, and then one of the legs collapses. Kaboom! 
It's really but, entertaining, but actually. But look at, I mean, there, you can look at the, uh, the <laughs> gag reel, if you will, of the old NASA programs, starting with, uh, you know, starting before Gemini, back in Mercury, when they were doing sure, single. Sure. I mean, you know, there was that chance when they launched, yes, I'm space geeky, Alan Shepard, first man to go to space, first U.S. man to go to space. There was that kind of 50-50 shot of, all right, light the candle, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, we think it's going to be good, but Alan, we love you, and, you know, there you go. One small step for Elon, I guess. <sighs> anyway. All right. One, so, it's actually more, more like one small tweet for Elon because I don't think he was doing a whole lot of calculations in the back room. No, but anyway. he was certainly enjoying the press. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody loves the guy. How can you not? Rant in <laughs> space. That's Terrible. where I am tonight. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, we're switching gears over to uh, the Dream Garage. Okay, this is, sure. uh, like I said, I hope you really appreciate the thought that has gone into this mm-hmm. because... We're going to talk cars I, I, now. Wow. We are. I, I liked the Money No Object. I liked the under 50K version. I think it brought it home, actually. I think I did pretty well for my under 50K version. I'm okay. very proud of this. All right. And I'm going to jump in here, starting with uh, the Money No Object. Let's get that category out there? of the way. Great, 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 great. Let's do all the categories here. So, again, Japan, America, Britain, Italy, Germany, and I added France. Okay. Because we're already doing this, we might as well add France. Okay. They've got some cool cars. All right, so jumping in with Japan, mm-hmm. I'm going to cheat because I have multiple cars that I could not decide. Really? Okay. Sometimes All it right. was a two-way, sometimes it was a three-way tie. I pretty much have one in every category. It, this I, was hard I, for me. I, I cheated once. All right. I'm cheating a lot, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay. 1967 to 70 Toyota 2000 GT. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I see it. So this was considered kind of E-type-ish styling mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Japan, which I like, or a 2004 Acura NSX. One of the last generation of the, sure, sure, the Acura sure. Do you know they made a convertible 2000 for a Bond film? I do know this. Isn't that crazy? Yes, anyway, go on. Yes. So I, those are the two right. cars for Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, okay. Again, money, no object. Yep. Moving to America, 1964 Shelby Daytona Coupe. Ooh. Only six of these exist. Ooh, I mean, yeah. the real ones. No, I'm with you. I factory 5 has great replicas. Fa- factory 5 replicas are really cool. I want a Factory 5 replica like, with the yeah. uh, GT350 motor in it. That's the business. That would be the business, anyway, yes. Go on. But the Daytona Coupe, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the original one. Or, this is my other one. This is owned, was owned by a man named George Wittell Jr. Okay. He was a wealthy guy back in the early, turn of the century, early 1900s. His 1931 Duesenberg Model J long wheelbase coupe. Ooh. Sold at Gooding Auction in Pebble Beach in 2011 for $10.34 million. Pocket change. It is spectacular. It's black. If you find this car, look up the Whittell Coupe, the Duesenberg Coupe. Unbelievable. Okay. Britain was, interestingly, this was the hardest for me. Really? This is a three-way tie for me. Interesting. Okay. The BAC Mono. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. A 1995 McLaren F1. Yeah. Or the 1965 Aston Martin DB5, also a Bond car. Interesting. Okay. All right. Don't you All think right. it's tough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I That's just, cool. All right. I see I, it. I'm I see leaving it. it there. I mean, you want me to actually make a decision, plant a flag, but I'm just going to leave it there for now because these are all so juicy. Moving on to Italy, you might consider it to be a foregone conclusion, but I will say it's also a toss-up between a 1957 Ferrari 250 Testarossa this unrestored car that I found sold for $39.8 million in 2014. Oof. Or the Ferris Bueller car. The yeah. 1961 Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase California Spider. <laughs> if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. 
And speaking of means, one of these sold for $17 million in 2016 at the Amelia Island Concours. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm, they're pretty, but are they $17 million worth of pretty? Is That's Testa hard Rosa to say. 39, almost $40 million? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway, Germany, easy. Easy. Okay. 1988, Porsche 959. Okay. Done. All right. All right. We're done. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. And then just because France is France, I have to go. <laughs> okay. I'm not Bugatti. sure how I feel about that, but all right. Go on. 1926 Bugatti Type 35C. Straight eight engine. Okay. Long hood. These are racing cars. I'm enthralled with the mechanical noises that this cars, these cars make. Hmm. I mean, cable operated everything. You know, you have to stick your hand outside the car to operate the car, and your arm might get torn off. I love that about this car. Fascinating. In blue, the Bugatti blue. Love it. Anyway, so those are my money, no object, dream garage. Wow. Britain was hard. Wow, interesting, interesting. Here's what I'm realizing looking at my list, and this may not be a surprise to those of you listening, but here's what I'm realizing. I didn't go very classic. My headspace here was very much... I'm going to drive everything here, and I'm going to drive it as hard as I can. Which is fine. And I mean, so I, I want to as, drive everything as a on result, here. As a result, I end up skewing a little more modern perfectly than, than you do across perfectly the board. Perfectly fine. There's a, few, there's a few older ones that may surprise you, but by and large, I'm skewing fairly I just figured if we're going to dream, I mean, no, I hear we're going to dream, baby. I, I, hey, I, you've done a great job. You, you pushed the Paul limiter. Well done. Hey. Uh, I think it's excellent. $40 million is what we're up to, everybody. So right. that is now I will not limit. touch that. Yes, that's excellent. If, if you're asking for a car under $40 million, I am sorry. <laughs> we cannot help you. It's <laughs> no longer everyday driver. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, okay. We're out in so, space, as, uh, as it were. Yeah. So um, Japan. Okay. I went LFA. Oh, okay. I just money no object. You like give this? Give me a car I want to drive. It's LFA. all carbony. Yes, done. Okay. Uh, Germany. Oh, I'm curious. Porsche 997 GT3 RS40. Okay. <laughs> done. Okay. All right. Done. Had to go 911. That's the one that speaks to me good. for sure. It's a good one. Italy. Pagani Waira. I knew that was coming. I just I, I, knew I don't care. I don't care about the fact that there's stuff that's faster and better. I I just Pagani Waira. An Italian powered by a German engine. Just fine. Done. You know. Uh France. Okay. Bugatti Type 57S. It's the one Ralph Lauren has. Oh yeah. Oh, that car. That that That's a special car. That's a that's a money yeah. no object. That that to me is Kind of the king of my classics, so I just I love the look of that car. Um, the They'll big... park that out front if you go to dinner, right? They they would park that out front. <laughs> they, yes, I mean that's <laughs> but surely the, they they know the what bicycle it is. fenders and everything about it. I, I just feel like of that era that that to me is the car. It covers all the bases, and I'm done. You know, it covers that kind of truly classic drive. It sure uh, UK is a place that I did cheat. I did pick two. Okay, I originally went McLaren 720s. Because I'm all about that. That's a delightful car. Yeah. But then I thought the car that really intrigues me here is the Jaguar XJ220, the GT version. That is I the was more, wondering. There's a more track that's race been one of your version. Faves and there's a, there's a company, I forget the name right now, but there's a company in England actually that takes them because they were notoriously problematic, that takes them and kind of refines them to be the car they should have been. Yeah. So you get that XJ220. You take it to those guys and get it 
modernized. And money no object. Do they replace the engine? Or no, is it I don't still think the they twin do. Turbo no, they, they, no, they just they just refine. It's suspension tuning, and it's it's uh, there's okay. a steering fix involved, and lots of little things to make it much more usable and robust. You take it to those guys, get modernized a little bit, hopefully, and just drive that. That looks like a spaceship even today. That car looks amazing. And while I'm talking yeah. spaceship looking cars, America, I go Ford GT, the new one. The new one's pretty up there. It's the it's yeah. it's the it's the extra large Elise. Yeah, that's a great point. And You're having, as close to each other in the car yes, as an Elise. having been in it, it is so much the Elise-style thinking in a car twice the size. Yeah. Not twice the weight, but twice the size for sure. So I've got to go Ford GT. I stayed remarkably modern with the exception of that Bugatti, but I was just thinking about what stuff that I want to drive and know will run and want to drive it hard. I was actually wondering if you would choose the Hennessy Venom, the, uh, you know, their... their you yeah, know, it's a lease with the extra large, really the extra large horsepower. Lease. You know that yeah. thing would launch you into outer space. It would, it, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but it would catch up to the you know just because a lease and hey, we stretched it and did yeah. stuff with it and whatever. I mean, they're cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I see it. I they see still it. have the Elise feel. Like okay, just lots of exposed fasteners in here. Yeah. <laughs> now with twelve hundred horsepower, yeah, exactly. Whatever but, but, it is, but the Ford GT is is a, is a real victory there. car. It's really cool. No, I love that's that you stayed with the modern stuff because I thought, all right. That, that's kind of where I started going. I started going down that road a little bit, and then I thought, wait, what is the car or cars that I spend time looking at? Or, yeah. you know, I rewound to all the Pebble Beach concours that you and I have been to mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. thought, when we go through the auction tents and my I'm just stopped on the floor, yeah. that's where my head went, you know? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And that's very indicative of the difference between you and me, is I walk by those cars twice as fast as you do. Yeah. And then I'm overlooking at the stuff made sometime in my lifetime and probably since the 90s and just standing there and drooling on that stuff. And that's just very much how you and I are wired. It's just the difference, and I think that's fascinating. Okay, so under 50K, this was a shorter list, fortunately, everyone. Under 50K, so back to Japan. You can still find the Acura NSX for under 50K. That's fair. So I went 95, so I had to go earlier instead of the 04, but 95 Acura NSX. Love that car. Okay. Okay. Then for America, I'm going to push and cheat and try to push on that $50,000 budget. The 2017 Mustang GT350 are, if possible, but if nobody's allowing me that, then I'll say the 2013 Mustang Boss 302. Okay, okay. So. I think you could find first gen twenty sixteen GT three maybe twenty sixteen for, for fifty. You could pull it off. Yeah, and I'd take off. the three fifty. I yeah. would take yeah. it for fifty k. Fine. Yeah. All right. So Britain. <laughs> this might be the world's cheapest Caterham seven. So it'd have to be the two seventy or the three ten versions. Okay. But I don't care. I don't care that it, they're not the most power. That I they like make, that you picked it. That's great. The Caterham left a huge impression on me when we yes. drove that thing. Yes. I mean, and we drove the 620, I think, or 640, whatever that was. Yeah, the big boy, yeah. It was their high end, you know, the most power. But it was the Caterham 7, brand new. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'll take this with, you know, hamster wheel. Fine. Yeah. This is just such an engaging car. Yeah, I see. So. That's great. That's really good. So that's, that's, my, really good. Uh, okay. that's my British car. Italy, I had to go back because... You know, I don't want a 4C. I don't want, you know, okay. some of the more okay. modern Alphas and Maseratis. By the way, did you see the Maserati Levante is not selling? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! They had to shut down a production Small line. Small victories. Yeah. It's because it's ugly and it sucks it's, and I hate it. It's many things. You're a big fan. I did know Ugh. that. Yeah, I did know I that see one and I want to kick dirt on its shoe, but yeah. anyway. So Italy is a 1973 Alfa Romeo GTV 2000. 
Okay. Like the styling on that. Or a 1971 De Tommaso Pantera. Ford Power. That's cool. Italian styling. Can you get those for under 50 still? I, you're not pushing the it, but super I see restored, where you're going. super right. nice I ones, where but you're going. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might, I might be called out on that one. Okay. So moving to Germany, 1987 Porsche 911 3.2 Carrera. Okay. Done. 50 right. grand, right, and we're yeah. done. You get a nice one. And then France. This is a modern car. It's the 2015 Peugeot RCZR. You've always liked that car. I have. You've always liked that car. The Such glass, an oddball the, little car. The rear glass is double bubbled. It's, it's bubbled, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm just in love with this it's car. Of course, looking. I have not driven it. I would like to very much. Yeah. If you have an RCZR, <laughs> I would like to drive your car. Yes, you would. Yes. I would like to put that on camera. Anyway, okay. so the, the RCZR from France. Hmm. All right. Dig it. All right. Turns I my like head it. every like time. It. Uh, I like your Japan one, the NSX, that the the early NSX. That that crossed my mind. It did. Okay. Um, I have two, depending upon where my brain's at. Okay. One would be like the nicest in the world, ninety six, or maybe even because it's coming out of Japan, you get like a ninety eight, the three hundred ZX, like I had the Z thirty two twin turbo. Okay. Just the nicest one on the planet. And for 50K, you such, could find one that's still have such a love for that car. Just yeah, find a really, cool. really great one. So there is that. But I did think, you know, brand new, though, if I could buy, like, the best possible spec 86 platform on the planet, like the current BRZ that's got the Brembo competition pack. You could buy, like, one and a half of them well, but for no, 50K. Yes, but I'm just staying under 50. I'm not going to spend that whole 50 in, in Japan, I guess. Maybe what? I, you know what? You're not going to spend you know all the money. With 50K, I could actually get the 300ZX and the BRZ. You actually I could. I could get them both. There you, <laughs> you go. Could. But But the one that they've actually just upgraded with the better shocks, the one I was, I was hooning at track day. For God's mm-hmm. sakes, with yeah. the Brembos and the upgraded uh, everything, uh, that that's like yes, it still needs more power, but I'll just take that car. Clearly, by the fact that I could not get out of it at track day, there's something you going came on back there. to it two or three times, I think. If it was sitting still and I wasn't in a yeah. car, I thought, well, why isn't anybody? I'll drive that again. Hey, it's sitting there. Why not? Yeah. And there were other cars were sitting there too, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna go. People get in avoided that one. it because it's not the most powerful. It's not a Viper. It's not the hot thing, and that's why it's and sad. I cackled but my a, way around the track every car. single time. Anyway, so that was uh, Japan, Germany. Okay. BMW 1M. Okay. Again All right. And sure. Sure. BMW sure. 1M, and I am a happy, happy. Yeah, camper. you can find one for 50k. Find a good one. Italy. I dug around for a while because I'm with you. I didn't. I mean, the 4C you really couldn't get. There's a lot of cars mm-hmm. I don't want. Then I landed on this. I've all. It's kind of like your RCZ. Okay. But but for Italy, for me, the Alfa Romeo Brera. Remember that hatchback? No kidding. It's a great looking hatch. I don't anticipate it being fantastic to drive, but they had V6s <laughs> in them. They had V6s in them. Yeah. They were amazing looking. They just, are amazing looking. You know, I figure, okay, if I'm going to wind up in, let's be honest, a used hatchback from Italy, because if we're talking about under 50K, that's probably where I'm going to be. So, okay, all right, Alfa Romeo Brera. Interesting. I mean, you could, theoretically, you could go, you could find yourself a ratty Ferrari 308. You could. But everybody I <laughs> know, the hills. everybody I know with a ratty Ferrari 308 it doesn't run much. Has a ratty Ferrari three. It, do, it doesn't run much. Yeah, you know. So uh, that's why I'm going. Uh, it's a little oddball, but Alfa Romeo okay. Brera. Okay. Uh, France. Okay. <laughs> I can't quite do it for fifty. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I wonder if I know. I wonder if I know the brand new Alpine A A110. Those are like seventy, eighty, aren't they? I brand think new? they're like fifty euros, fifty thousand euros. 
Okay. So I'm pushing the so limits. You're cheating I'm, too. I'm cheating a bit, but I'm I just thought, okay, maybe this doesn't happen for two years and I can get one. But but we can't have them here anyway. I'm already yeah. massively into Forbidden Fruit, but I thought that's the only car that crosses my mind that's, that's quote unquote affordable that sure. I really want out of France. I mean, I, look, I could go Renault Magan because those are cool. They're cool. But if I'm dreaming a bit, for that price. if I'm dreaming a bit, yeah. I'm going to go with that new A110 Might as because, well. wow, Might as that, well. just, uh, that intrigues the heck out of me. As long as it doesn't burn down. You know, hey, catch that's fire fine. And we'll we'll get ground. somebody to defend. Uh, UK. Yeah. Obviously, I own a car I love from the UK for under 50K. I own yeah. the Lotus Elise. Yeah. But if I had 50K to spend, honestly, because you look, you could go online right now and you could find really nice Lotus Elises for 50K. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love that car, I wouldn't buy a $50,000 one. I'd go right over to the Evora and buy one of those. You could get an S for 50K. I could get an S. I could yeah. get an Evora. Yeah. That'd be by far. And then for, for the U.S., I have to say, because I was going, okay, I've got to go V8. I've got to go classic nameplate. Okay. I've got to go personality. Okay. What are the cars that have fallen into all those categories that I really love? And there's very few, and I'm going to land here. You were there already. Mustang GT350. Yeah. Yeah, that thing buzzes. It's alive. There's there's a lot of personality going on there. And I'm not typically a Mustang guy. I am surprised that for both of my America selections, I actually picked a Ford. That kind of shocks me Hmm. because I'm I'm normally a GM guy. But in these cases— Those are two brilliant cars that you picked. They're brilliant cars. They're brilliant cars. So there's that. That was very fun. So I have to appreciate the fact that that was even given to us because that was a really fun question. It took some time. Much yeah, further than a typical yeah, question. Agreed. Well, Sean, thanks for the question. Holy moly, we're just about halfway through the podcast. So, guys, yep. we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. And then we've got a car debate with Chad and lots of questions. So, guys, we'll return shortly. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. 
That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race, $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. Round-trip airfare for two of you to the Indy race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the motor speedway. Even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. Okay, we're back with Chad in Chicago, Illinois, who writes to us begging for help. He says, please send help. This is a great email. I love it. Chad's life was simple. He lives in Chicago. His commute is a little less than two hours per day round trip, so about 50 miles. And he said there's nothing but brake lights for 40 minutes in every direction. He's also three to four hours from any good roads that he gets to think about his racing line, his line through a curve. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. He was just going to go buy a BMW M240, call it a day, hang the fuzzy dice, and thank us very much. And then <laughs> the proverbial wheels came off of that idea. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, he writes to us with a bit of history. Okay. So five cars, including his current 2013 Civic SI Coupe, which was far more reliable than the 2002 Volkswagen GTI VR6 that he used to have. Yes. Low bar, though, I think. Well, yeah. Okay, what else? Nissan Maxima, Dodge Neon from 95, Dodge Neon SC. Mm -hmm. And then his first car was a 1987 Escort LX. Yes, most of, Escorts are hand-me-downs. Lots of manuals in there. So. Good. Excellent. He was, uh, he was just fine. He was on the way to the dealership to buy an M240. And uh, then he got to thinking. Thinking is bad, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got to listening and thinking about all the other options because he has this yes. disease and he listens to the two of us. Which, <laughs> yes. we, I mean, Honestly, he's writing this email and there's an undercurrent here of it's all our fault. Did you catch that? Yeah, and I'm laughing, there's a bit I'm, of tone I'm laughing along, to it. I'm laughing along, <laughs> but there really is a could you have left me alone under, undercurrent in this email. And we're sorry, Chad. Yes. <laughs> yes. So apparently, since we posted the video of the Mercedes AMG GLA 45... He said, it's, it's fast and agile and not an SUV and it's an automatic too. Stop with the options. Because now he's thinking about, you know, 996s and 997s after watching mm -hmm. the 50 years of the 911 piece that mm -hmm. we did. We've ruined him. <laughs> for life. He's thinking about, wait, I could actually keep the Civic Si and get an S-Trim 997 for $35,000? <laughs> Vipers, NSXs, BRZs with, you know... Inhaled boost, you know, boost is boost, yeah. turbo supercharger, boost is boost. And then what about a Nissan 370Z Nismo yeah. or a Z4M yeah. or a TTRS or a Corvette? 
Yeah, well, th- this is the thing. He, we, we, we've opened, we've opened the Pandora's box for Chad, and he's now doing that thing we all do at some point, which is we, we look at what's the total amount I could spend, and then you start doing the, the reverse engineering of what could I get for that? <laughs> I didn't know, I, I didn't know, I could get one of those. I could, I could wait, could that. I get if I could get that? Could I get this? Oh wait, I could get that too. He's in the middle of that. It's all bad. He's asking for us to throw him a life preserver and help him with forty five thousand to spend. Should he trade in the SI and spend 45K? Or should he keep the SI and spend 35K on a second fun car? Um, he says, can't, can't eat, can't sleep. All his ringtones are engine notes. Uh, he's asking desperately for help. The other thing that's interesting here, though, is this car, let's be honest, if we go with one specifically, it has to commute. That's why I started with that commute discussion. It does. And he yeah. wants to be reliable. Consumables are okay, but in general, li- reliable is key. And he wants, you know, power that he can use when he has the opportunity, but also a car that just feels normal and can do big road trips. He talks about how he takes big road trips, like six-hour road trips, two fun drives with his girlfriend, and they're just on the road. Yeah. It's got to do that, too. <laughs> he says the SI is a little buzzy after six hours. A I'm little? sure you and your girlfriend are a little buzzy after six hours, too. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, okay, so here's the deal. As Todd said, we've got the budget. 45 grand with the Paul limiter on, 35 if he keeps the Civic SI, mm-hmm. right? He wants a car that makes him consider taking the entire Cloverleaf interchange just because he can. <laughs> Reliability is very important, and he says consumables are a thing. Apparently, he spent 1200 bucks on AC compressors in a year. Mm-hmm. Yikes, or $2,000 tire, $2, on tires, which is justifiable, you have to admit, Chad. All right, so he wants responsible, usable power. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Power either. is power. Yeah. Unambiguous acceleration when he wants it. And he d- does want the car to be a nice place to be. Doesn't want it out of a dispenser. Apparently, there's lots of Mustang GTs in Chicago. Nate, is that true? I'm just curious. Yeah. All no right, question. so um, I, uh, I've been thinking about this. Okay. I like okay. all your suggestions, Chad. They're good. But take a deep breath. Uh-oh. And um, you're going to shotgun this, aren't you? You've got a ton of choices. No, I actually don't. Really? I've got okay. one. You're going sniper shot. I am. I'm quite impressed because I actually have I have four for him to drive and two wild cards. I'm kind of glad because I just thought, all right, calm down, back away from the computer. <laughs> all right, good. And good. You know, I will caveat this and say, I, being the Porsche guy, I. Love them. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have suggested Porsches when I have not. And the world kind of catches its breath. It, it does. Happens, yes. Worlds mm-hmm. don't know what to do with each mm-hmm. other. True. Keeping with the space theme, which I like. And uh, I, I uh, Porsches are not for everybody. They don't always work. There's been many of podcasts where we've kind of been the all Mazda podcast or the all Mustang sure. podcast. Sure, sure. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we beat on the BMW M235i for a long time, and, mm-hmm. and that worked. So I will say I'm caveating this. But I am going to pull the Porsche card. I am okay. going to beat on the Cayman drum for Chad. Okay. All right, good. Because good. of all the cars that he has, he's named, they're all front engine, rear-wheel drive, exception of the Maxima. Mm-hmm. Well, the Civic 2. Well, the GTI 2. All right, so front-wheel drive cars, Neon 2. Sheesh. All of them. Okay, so you've never driven a rear-wheel drive car in anger or at all. Yeah, yeah. And you've never driven a mid-engine car either. Both of the above. That's true. Yep. Porsche makes a really great car called the Cayman. Yeah. And so I went looking for you. And I first of all found an 08 Porsche Cayman S with 24,000 miles. Okay. Black on black for 34,950. 
Ooh, all right. That means he could keep the Civic and have Baby sitting at home. Manual transmission. Now, if the IMS scares you, Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we have thoroughly dissected that. But if it still is a concern, mm-hmm. go the 987.2. So mm-hmm. that is the second-generation Cayman. The 09s and up. 2009 and on. Yep, yep. Now, most of the ones I found for 35 were not the S, but I think there are a few. If you look real hard and you're mm-hmm. patient mm-hmm. with your search, you could find an 09 plus mm-hmm. S. Okay. And I'm thinking Cayman S for you, Chad. I like it. Because of what this car did for me. I mean, for a long time, I had the Audi wagon and the Cayman S. And I I just loved, you know, thinking about that Cayman at home, mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. I was going to plan a drive or, you know, yeah. I could just take yeah, it yeah. out for whenever. Sure. And it was therapy. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, you, and you and I drove half the country in that car. We actually did. And then uh, the Audi went away. A friend bought the Audi and then mm-hmm. the Cayman was for you know, almost a year, my only car. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly. And, uh, it's just such a different dynamic and I want you to experience this. I want you to live with it. And I want you to Mm. have something that you're so going to look forward to. And I think Porsche ownership is in your future. That's my personal thought. We have recommended Caymans before, but I will say they don't work for everybody. They're not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people have written to us and say, I'm not into Porsches. Horrifying thought, but okay, I respect that. <laughs> after, after you stop shaking, you actually start have, doing a podcast. Curled up on the floor, and Todd is kicking me like, Paul, stop it. Yeah, Come out seriously. Of it. No, I, I really, I, I've been round and round. I considered your list. I thought, there's mm-hmm. a boatload of stuff we could go try. Mm-hmm. Not to negate your choices or your thinking, your line of thinking, <laughs> but I will anyway and just yeah, say came in. Perfect. Excellent. Well, to your credit, though, I've got that on my list of fours, of okay. four cars. Okay, great. Because I think the Cayman, it's just him and his girlfriend. And they need a car that yeah. they can drive on long trips and also commute in. And and look, this isn't specifically said here, but did you glean this as well? Especially because of what he talks about with the GLA, I think he's also looking and kind of hoping for an auto, like a good auto, because yes. of the commute. Yes. And so, that 2009 from and on can be found with PDKs. Yes. Which yes. is crucial. So this is this is what I'm thinking. I have a couple here that aren't autos, but in general, I was trying to think about two big things to decide this. Besides the obvious thing of we want to get you in a car that you love to drive and feels like a really good sports car. Besides that, long trips and available in an automatic. Those were two things that really informed me on this. Okay, fair enough. I think your Cayman is absolutely on the list. Please, please go drive one, Chad, because I think it could really work. You mentioned the M240, which I do think is still a really good contender. I think the BMW M240, you can't go wrong there. I think you'd still oh, enjoy no, it. No, no. It's going to feel a little more common than some of the other choices. And I hate to say that that Except car's Except the fuzzy dice part. No fuzzy dice in Don't BMW. But, uh, but the M240 is a good option. But I did think if, if you want that scale of BMW and you can handle the manual transmission in your situation, you've had a lot of manuals, you can get a 1M for your budget. For 45, for 45? Go shop, you can probably find a 1M. Really? It's gonna be it's gonna be look hard, but they're they're gonna be out there. Because here's the other thing I want to say up front, okay. Chad. I should have said it earlier. I think the key here is to sell the SI, and I say that for one main reason. Really, I think so. I really? said that for one, one main reason because based on the description you've given here, I don't get the sense you're going to drive a second car very often. And I want you to get into a car you just like driving. Period. That's a fair point. It's just a thing because you like of the to drive. commute you're spending all your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. And so I just want to get you in a car that even when you're commuting, you like this car. So I mean, for, uh, look, I'll be honest. If I had a commute like your commute or like my commutes used to be in LA, I would not have a Lotus Elise. 
because it's a terrible way to you drive die. that car. It's a terrible way to drive that car. You just you wouldn't enjoy yeah. it. You're not playing to its strengths at all. That M240 would be great. If you can handle the, the stick shift in traffic, the 1M is the better drive. But I think the M240 may be the better choice. Sure. So I sure. kind of wanted to touch those cars against each other. The Cayman, I have to back your play. Go shop Camaros and surprise yourself. Get the heaviest duty, what's like the 1SS or 2SS or whatever they call it now, with the auto. It's not the Mustang. Surprisingly good auto. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like like really solid automatic. A lot of power, dynamic chassis. At least go drive the Camaro. Good. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, for 45 my friend, I think you probably want to wind up if you're going to shop American with a C7 Corvette. Really? Because, look, if you get the auto on that. Uh, could you do it for 45 with the Z51? Yeah, yeah. A used one at this point? Used Absolutely. one, you probably could. Absolutely, yeah. you could. If you, if you drive that with the automatic in traffic, you're going to get gas mileage that really genuinely surprises you. Sure. It's going to be much better than you would sure. have ever thought. When you drive cross-country in it, it's going to get great gas mileage and be a comfortable place to be, and you'll be shocked at how much stuff you and your girlfriend can take in the hatch of that car. Yeah. She wants to shop for a long weekend. You can just open up the hatch and be like, let's fill that. Tons of space. <laughs> well, let's not fill it. I mean, it, let's. Look, you, 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 when you travel with the girl fill? in your life, this happens. So I'm just saying. Uh, I did some road trips with my wife in the 300ZX, and I was always shocked at the amount of stuff we ended up taking. It is just the two of us going, by the way. Anyway, so that happens. But um, so, yeah, C7 Corvette, please go drive one. I think you'd really surprise yourself. And I think that would be, honestly, a surprisingly good commute car and then great for the long road trips. Hmm. And then in wildcard world. Mm. Try to get two wildcards. Because I don't know that it works. Okay. But I have to say Evora. You could get in an auto. Uh, S for 45? I don't know if it's an S, but I don't think it needs an S. Yeah, true. You, you, get, the, you get the quote-unquote base Evora. That's still a quick car. Would you commute in that, though? I would. <laughs> I know you would. But I would Chad. This is why I'm in wildcard territory. Okay. Because I don't know. Okay. And also in wildcard for the similar reason is the GT350. You can get them for 45 now if you shop smart. 2016s are out there now with like 12,000 miles on them being shopped for 45. Are they still treated like used cars, though? Are they still treated as a special car? So I'm marking it up because I know you want it and I have one. Well, but what I'm saying, though, is I'm finding lots of them available between 45 and 47. They're just there. There they are. They're just for sale. Now, in most cases, they are the base center console. They're not the the nav package. Okay. But it's not why you buy that car anyway. Anyway. And if you're looking at your nav in that car, you're missing the point, right? But, but the other reason that's in wildcard territory is because it isn't available as an auto. Hmm. And so is that going to be a commute car? I mean, you and I commuted across the Bay Area in, in it, and it was okay. But we did it once. Would I want to do that every day? I don't know. <laughs> we did it once, and you know, we're done with it. You know, so that's, that's why that's in wildcard territory. So there's a lot of cool stuff to drive, Chad. I think you'd surprise yourself with some of those if you go drive them. My, my money, honestly, is on Cayman or Corvette hmm. to solve your problem. Both very different cars. Yes, but both very good. Please go drive them. Let us know what you think, Chad. I'm sorry that we have uh, only infected you further with the disease, and I hope your girlfriend is very tolerant. (laughs) I'm going to add one quick note for you, Chad. If you get one car, if you sell the Civic and decide to go for one car, and you commute in it, and then you go do other things, like your favorite twisty roads or tracking or whatever that is, do me a favor. Do you a favor. (laughs) Change your seating position... From when you're commuting in it and you're a little bit more relaxed and when you actually go driving in anger. That's a good point. Change your seating position and you'll notice 
race car drivers, they're sitting far more forward and upright over the wheel mm. when they're driving hard and they're on it. Mm. That's good. It'll become a different car, and I really believe it. It'll become a different car for you. I mean, every time you and I are at a track yeah, and the instructor yeah, yeah. hops in, they evaluate our seating position first. You're mm -hmm. not in a, hey, I'm laid back. The seat's kind of laid back. I'm taking it easy. No, no. They're over the steering wheel. They're upright. They're a little yeah. bit uncomfortable because they're a little bit too far forward, but they're on top of the pedals. Just change the driving position. Interesting. We'll That's kind of saying. make it two cars in one. That's, That's an interesting my thought. thought. For you. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have your more aggressive setup. I like that exactly. For sure. there memory are... one, memory two. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope there's three memories. So my girlfriend actually has one because exactly. I'm using the first two. Exactly. That's terrible. So let's uh, let's get into audience questions. There are so many tonight. I marked a ton of really no good kidding. ones. I, we might have to come back really to these. Ones. We have so Some many of them for sure. Um, somebody asked. Actually, Kyle here asked a question directly at me. This gets difficult. Kyle said, "Okay, uh, I've sung the praises of both the Fiesta ST and the Lagan RS265." If I had to choose one to live with every day, which would I choose and why? Hmm. That is actually a really genuinely hard question. Hmm. I'm curious to hear your answer. I, I think I think the answer here is Magan because okay. Okay. the little bit larger scale has a little bit more do-it-all car feel. I do think, as a counterpoint to that, that in normal just normal life situations, the Fiesta ST is going to feel a little more chuckable and maybe a little bit more of a laugh. Sure. The Magan is very capable. And because it's more uh, golf-sized than, uh, than, the, than the Fiesta, which is a little car, I, I think it's a little more like normal life car. Uh, and I would drive that every day. I'd drive either one of them every day. But I think the Magan wins this. It, it really would almost decide on what how much of a drive my getting to throw it around because the, the Fiesta just rotates in a way that is, is a laugh all the time. Yeah, true, true, interesting. All right, well, there was, uh, yeah, excellent questions in here. <laughs> There's a, a question from Edmund Alonso O. He is asking, how do we know what speed <laughs> to use when you're approaching a corner on a new track? I like this too. Do you start with a set speed of whatever that is and then slowly work your way up until the tires begin to lose grip? It, what is the rule of thumb for mm. this? Well, first of all... I'm curious if our answers are different, actually. Well, we drive okay. a bit different. This is interesting. First of all, the best thing you can do, if it's available, is have a pro driver or somebody who knows the track hop in the car with you... Absolutely. ...and evaluate the line. Because they've done the track before, and they know what speeds... Generally speaking, they will have driven so many different cars, they'll know the car you're in can take this speed. And the cars, you know, racing, you know whatever tricked out cars can go faster, different mm -hmm. tires, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, because your speed changes with the same car and different tires. It'll change. Yeah, that's true. It's that's that true. sensitive. So yes, you're going to want to work up and it's no problem if you're slow in fast out. That's actually the recommended way to yeah. work yourself yeah, yeah. up because then you'll discover speed. You'll discover the line. Mm -hmm. You'll discover a better line, but take somebody with you to start with. That's great. That's really Otherwise, that's, that's for sure the recommendation. Yes, I agree. Work your way up. Again, slow in, fast out. It's all about your exit speed because you'll know I could have taken that corner so much faster mm -hmm. now that I'm doing laps and doing the line. But then in t to your point about the tires losing grip, think about oversteer and your car is, you know, theoretically out of control, even though it's not, you're, you know, kind of hooning your way. You're you're drifting through the corner. The tires have lost grip, yeah. if you know what I mean, but you're still in control and you're still going through the corner. Yeah. So you're not just, well, I'm just waiting until the tires just peel away and I go off into the dirt right into the tire wall. 
No, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Theoretically, you should. Hopefully, yes. Lotus releases don't really allow for that, but... No, but no, they give you tons of feel until it all goes away. Well, that's what I'm saying. Then yeah. it goes away and then it's, you know, yeah. bad things happen. But um, had to tease you a little bit. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm just, I'm thinking about, you know, a tire that's, you know, you're drifting. It's out of control. It's lost grip. Well, fine. You're going, you know, through the corner still. You're not going as fast as if you were gripping. You, you, but... you're ex- you've exceeded the grip, but you haven't gone to no grip. It's not ice Correct. Suddenly. It's not yeah, I take no your grip, point. But... I take your point. Yeah. But yeah, something to think about there, and uh, I think the best thing is somebody knows the track, pro yeah, or otherwise. That's that's a, that is the answer, by the way. I think that is by by far the answer for Edmund. I'm going to add to that a little bit, and I'm on the same lines as you. Actually, there is no set speed. There's no idea what the set speed. Every car, every tire, every, the weather changes this reality. It's <laughs> true. But what I what I do very much so, and I, and I will give props to Paul because he gets up to speed much faster than I do. Typically, our speeds well, in general are fairly similar, even though we attack tracks very differently. Always but like you do your corner that way. It, it, is, it is. It you is. It is very it like weird. That? Invariably, <laughs> I had no idea. Invariably, one of us will just dial a couple of corners, and the other one will dial two completely different corners. Yeah. So funny. And if we could combine this, we might actually be genuinely quick. We, but that never happens. One heck of a lap. Yeah, exactly. But but here's the thing. I what I almost always find on a track, first time I'm on a track, and and I love Paul's recommendation of get a local. Because mm-hmm. they can give you the line in a way you'll never discover on your own. I wish we'd had an instructor with us when we did our Laguna piece. Yeah. Because no even though I vaguely understood that track, I was so aware as I drove it, I'm not getting close to what I should be doing as far as line or placement or, or entrance no, speed. No. But the thing that's interesting is I find almost invariably when I'm on a track for the first time, I'm braking too early. And I know that right away. Sure. Oh my gosh, I can break so much later in that corner. And that's what happens. It's it's not necessarily about what's your speed because in general when you're on the track, your foot's to the floor as much as it possibly can be. So the car is getting to whatever speed it gets to before you have to brake. Mm-hmm. And so what I yeah. find changes is is your braking time is changing more than what speed am I going because as soon as you can get it floorboarded, you're floorboarded. Yeah, and now yeah. you realize, oh, I don't have to break at the one marker. I can break at the two marker. Well, how much faster is the car going now? You don't even know, but that's starting to reach the edges of what you can do. That's what you start to realize is where you need to break more than how fast do I need to go. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a feel at some point because you'll start to not look down anymore, and now you're feeling your speed into <laughs> yeah. the corner. What are you doing looking down? down? Well, but I mean, I find. Look, I'll, I'll go specific. Coming up out of En Rouge. Radion yeah. on Spa. Yeah. And then you have the long straight. It's actually an uphill straight. What is yeah. that? The Kimmel straight? Is that what that is? Yeah. It's a slight uphill. But one of the things I'm always surprised by is how late you can break in that corner. Those BMWs. At the far end of it, you're talking? At the far end. You can break really, yeah, you can. really late. And, it, and, and late Why? enough. Why? there's so much runoff? <laughs> well, there, there is a ton of runoff there. You're right. But I've, but I've never missed that corner. I've gotten a little deep, but I've never missed that corner. But, I mean, I find in those M235, even in the, in the 4C when I was driving it this year, the, the one marker, I mean, the, the first marker, the three, goes, I blow by that. Somewhere between. Look the, at my watch after that. Seriously. Somewhere between the two and, and, the, and the one am I hitting the brakes. And I'm hitting mm-hmm. them hard. But I notice how many other people on the track are braking right at the three. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I look, I've done that early on and realized, wow, I I really should have kept accelerating. I just discovered that over time. Yeah. yeah and every yeah. car is a little different. So anyway, I hope that helps. Excellent. Excellent. All right. What other questions you find here? Oh, man. Um, so how many? many yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, there's hmm. uh, there's stuff on Instagram. Well, there's um, yeah. actually one that you could actually contribute to here from Dan Uh-oh. G on Facebook. He's 
you know, questing for his new car continually, as are we all. Mm-hmm. He's rented an 07 yep. Cayman S next weekend in Las Vegas, where his girlfriend and he are taking a trip. He'll be taking it up to Zion for a day trip, but on Friday he'll be solo, mm-hmm. and he wants to, <clears throat> you know, stretch his wings and fly a little bit. But he said, do you guys know any great driving roads near Las Vegas? Yeah. And I thought you and your wife had taken a rental lease out. We went up to Mount Charleston. I was wondering about yeah. that, and I was also wondering about Red Rock Canyon National Park out there. That's that's the better one. But is that one. too much traffic? Is that too much looky-loos and scenery Well, but I think it depends on that I mean, look, if you're going now, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of tourist traffic right now. I mean, True. essentially what, you're ta- what I'm talking about here is the western edge of Lake Mead going north, mm-hmm. away from the, the dam. Everybody goes and sees the dam. Don't, don't go see the dam. Go the other way. <laughs> um, and that is, that is a national park. You'll pay an entrance fee to get in. I cannot... Here's my caveat. I cannot in any way guarantee a presence of or a lack of authorities on that road. Mm-hmm. I actually, my wife and I rented a, a 911 with Turo once and did a fantastic, fantastic drive for that area. Really spectacular road. Great drive. Highly recommend it. But you're in a national park, so you may and have you're talking Charleston Peak right now? Uh, no, I'm actually talking... Uh, you're talking out by Mead. I'm like talking Mead. by Mead. Okay. Yeah. Charleston's cool. Charleston, Charleston looks cool in the map. Charleston's too. very cool. Yeah. It's a, it it is you've got some desert straits followed by some tight mountain stuff. It's got some good variation. Yeah. Um I think the other one by Lake Mead may be a little better. Okay. Um but again, I can't speak to authorities. Cuz I have not been on that road. I know you it's and cool. she It's cool. It's very had. cool. The sight lines on uh on the on the stuff by Lake Mead is are, they're immense. You can really? see forever, which really? is really cool. And the road's got this nice, <laughs> helpful. Yeah, you got this road's got this nice kind of weave to it, and so you can maintain speed on it. The stuff in in uh, Mount Charleston is is tighter and, and more technical once mm. you get up into it. Yeah, mm, interesting. There was a couple of autonomous questions on here, which are kind of funny. Downshifter GT will on uh, or GT has on Instagram. Will autonomous motorsports and racing ever be a thing? seems like a good way to test the technology. Well, I mean, we've been doing pretty well up to this point, just testing with people. Unless <laughs> it's, you all, it's all beta shoot anyway. a Tesla into space to test I don't know what. Anyway, payload, I guess? Auto-orbit. That's what they're calling that one, is auto-orbit. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yes, it is a good way. And then there was also a question over here that I really liked from Travis on uh, Facebook. Travis W. said, if the technology existed... Would you let an autonomous car hoon you around a track at the limit of the car? Autonomous hooning. <laughs> Autonahoon? Autonahoon. This is great. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but there's a, there's a logo in there somewhere. I just, I imagine an autonomous car and it's like an amusement park ride. You just pay yeah. your money, get in the car and around the track you go. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. I it's guess you could. Thing. Would that get old? Maybe, but it could be used for instruction. I can see that. See, here's there's so much consistency. I, I, I see, I see that idea of you riding along in an in a, in a autonomous car that's pushing the car to the edge of its limits. That does have a roller coaster thing, and I can see that being successful. The autonomous racing, I don't think works unless you are a parent of somebody that did the programming. Because the problem there is, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, now think about it this My way: proud, how much uh, do you want to watch other people ride a roller coaster? I don't. You don't? No. You want to ride the roller coaster. But the thing about racing is you know there's a human in there, and there can be human error, and that makes for human drama. The same way people can watch football or name your sport. Yeah, I'm still not convinced about the racing part, honestly. I mean, I know there's the all kinds of stuff. The NVIDIA has created this you know, racing league, and as a matter of fact, Daniel Simon had designed yeah. some of the robo-racers and the whole robo-racer thing, but... 
I, the human element is what makes it so exciting. That's what makes it dramatic, for sure. Otherwise, it's, otherwise you are. You're watching someone else accomplish something, and it's like the roller yeah. coaster thing. Good programming. Yay. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that I get on board <laughs> with that. Celebrate the good code. Yes. Oh, man, are those some man. good lines of code. That was some fantastic Woo. code. I can't wait till they make the movie about your coding of your car. <laughs> I, see, how does not work? Boy, did you nail the code doesn't on that work. turn. Anyway, um, Jonathan Doherty wrote in and asked a really interesting question. He wants to bond with his son over cars. Oh, this is good. Years. Uh, his son's around seven or eight, and he's starting to show interest in cars. My, my, my son was showing interest in cars at four or five, but by six or seven, it's a thing now. It's a big thing now, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So he's, he's asking, what do we think is the best way of doing it? So then he asks a question. Should we be building a project together, or should I just buy a good car and take it to the Canyons track, autocross, et cetera? Uh, Jonathan, the project, I think, is the wrong idea. He's too young. Because we're, we're talking Despite about... Despite the interest that he's shown, you think? Because we're talking about... you. If you want to work on a project, Jonathan, you're going to want to... Okay, let's go in the garage. For the next hour, we're going to do this. He's going to last five minutes of sheer excitement and then probably be like, now what are we doing? Unless one of the tools is an iPhone. <laughs> well, but, but but that's the thing. I don't think the that his just attention span for that is going to be long enough to be worthwhile. I sure. want you both to enjoy it. I'm sure. going to say the counterpoint is, think about how much... Candidly, shiny objects are just exciting to boys that age, to kids yeah. that age. Yeah. So, I mean, get, they're exciting now. What exactly. Are you talking about? To, to, kids, to kids our age. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly true. It Can hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped at all. Totally. Ooh, that's, that's pretty. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. So, I think you need to get a car that you both can enjoy. That just runs. It doesn't have to be the greatest thing ever, but just a car you can both enjoy that runs. You can actually take drives in because that gives him the physical experience of going through corners, which does have a roller coaster effect. It, that that can be enjoyable. My son has cackled with laughter on back roads before. He's also gone, wow, Dad, you're going fast, and now he's wanting me to slow down. Both have happened. But the other thing is you need to go to local cars and coffee where you can park your car among other cars and just walk around and let him explore and let him go, hey, Dad, what's that logo or what's that car? Or, oh, that's a pretty red one. Okay, it's just a pretty red one. That's fine. I think you need to get as much stimulation about the the variation here as possible and not worry about being in a garage. Mm. Oh, very good. I like that. Um, Many questions over here on Instagram. Instagram? Oh, uh, I've got to get back here. Yeah, there were uh, a few questions about... um, which car should I get? Ed K asks, which car was the most fun to drive that we had the lowest expectation? Mm-hmm. Honda CRZ. Mm, that's a good one. Fiat 500 Abarth. I had a pretty low expectation. Those are expectation. both good. Those are both good. And the new Lexus LC. LC 500, yeah. I see that. I had low expectations Those of that car. Those are three really good recommendations right there. Good answers right there. I like that a lot. I have to say, honestly, the original Fiesta ST when I first drove it. Okay. I'd heard so many, this car is awesome. And I kept thinking, Fiesta ST, really? <laughs> Are you sure? And, and, and you know from listening to the podcast how much I recommend that car and how much I'm impressed with it. That shows you how far it came for me. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'd heard great things from people that I trust. And I just kept thinking, really? Sure. You know? And, and, and then I got in it and was like, no, 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 no. All that stuff is right. That, this car is fun. But I like, your, I like yours as well. Those are really good. Uh, did you see... Um, uh, Drew gave us a fantastic hypothetical here. Do you see this? Oh, no. We're each given $50,000 to buy new or used car for our our host to use as a daily driver. We're oh. buying for each other. Okay. Uh, so the SUVs stay, the SUVs stay, but this will replace the other cars. 
What do we buy for each other? And I and I and this in in this case, I don't get the think get the sense that Drew is trying to say buy a car they'll hate. He's going no. Can you shop for the for your co-host? I know what I'd get you. I know what I'd get you too. I'd get you a, a GT uh, three fifty. You would? Grand? Heck yeah. I'd get you Lotus or Lotus of S. Would you? Okay, yeah. funny. Because I'd get you yeah. GT three fifty, and you'd love that car. I would love that car. Yeah. I'm not sure whether I'd have more fun driving at high speed or just blipping the throttle at low speeds. You'd enjoy all of the above. You'd enjoy when you took it to the track, and you'd, you you yeah. would be the guy driving around Park City at every light just going... Totally. Just, just to do it. Sport just button on, it. exhaust button on. For sure, for sure. Tyler T. said 911 GTS or 911 S. The 2015, 2015 GTS, Tyler. Done. The GTS. Get the GTS. <laughs> <laughs> um. JJ Mott is trying to uh, trying to start fights. Do you see this? Why do we not recommend people get a divorce when they say that they have to they have to buy an automatic so their spouse can drive it? The everyday driver divorce package. Yeah, the, the everyday driver divorce express lane. <laughs> buy a manual and your wife doesn't want one. Here's your sign. Anyway, uh, yeah, so many so, entendres in that, there. That's terrible. No, here here's the thing, uh, JJ. The truth is, it's much easier to change your car than your spouse. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and and look the. I will say this because my wife is kind of shockingly tolerant at times of this disease that I have. One of the things I was surprised by, I've been married a while, one of the things I was surprised by getting married is realizing how much you can let go of things that you're supposed to have in common. She has her stuff. I have my stuff. Uh-huh. And that's okay. <laughs> You've always told me about the sinks too. She's got her sink. Oh, that's I've got my sink. No, no, no. That's like that's like wherever you live, two sinks must occur. Must occur. Two sinks. You must have two sinks in the bathroom. This I've is noted key. this. this is, I've this noted is this key. for my future. However, yes. but but the point that I'm making here is there's going to be plenty of stuff you don't agree on. So the things where you can meet in the middle, bravo. And so if you can get the amazing, awesome, fun car, but it has to be an automatic. Let's find a good automatic. Because um, you know, there's certain things we've joked about the happy wife, happy life thing, and I know you're, I know you're half kidding. I know you're kidding, uh, but th- so so that's why my answer is because it's a lot cheaper to buy another car than it is to get a divorce. So that'd be my my cheap answer. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, two last questions from me, Jeff H. Kind of bringing it back around to where we started. What other cars should be shot into space? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, good, easy. The Batmobiles from every Batman movie. How cool would those look floating around in space? They would, but then they're not here anymore. I still well, want yeah, to drive we have all pictures of, those. of them. <laughs> At least we have pictures. <laughs> At least we've got the photos. That's funny. And we'd have great photos of the Batmobiles in space. Yes. Which is a t-shirt. And then my last question was actually from a prior podcast asking about drinks. K Wonton Soup asked me about what am I drinking lately? Well, it's I, I haven't <laughs> actually thrown down for a bottle of this, but it's the uh, it's the Octomore whiskey. There's some. Um, You've never tasted anything like this. Jet fuel, I think, is tastier than than this particular. What a ringing endorsement! Now it's, I want um, lots. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, wow, super heavily peated Octomore. Dang, heavily peated. That oh, that could be a bad name, by the way. <laughs> heavily peated. Uh, what anyway. kind of hats do the heavily peated band members Frightening. wear? Frightening. We're Keep heavily moving. Heavily peated. Keep moving. It's uh, it's Octomore. Somebody gave it to me. Um, actually, it was Brad's wife. Uh, Kimber oh, yeah. that gave sure. it to me. Sure, she's uh, she's quite a girl, and yeah. she, she gave me a glass of Octomore. And you and climbed I thought, up off the floor, huh? Hundred low lead is probably about this strong, huh? Jet fuel. <laughs> you mix, you know, like it's, ammonia and Clorox. It's and race could, gas. It it is. It it's is race gas in a bottle. Love Phenomenal. it. Phenomenal. Love it. Pour it in your car. Um, we're done. 
Uh, Mark wrote in and said he's asking on a long shot, but does anybody in the Midwest be willing to teach him how to drive stick? He's in Iowa. <laughs> I love this question. And anybody? so various, various people are, are chiming in. And he does say, look, I, I, I know it's a big ask, but I promise I'm not an axe murderer, which I also think is a fantastic <laughs> tag to this. Uh, Mark, I'm going to throw down and I may regret this. If you're ever in Park City, I'll teach you on the mini. But hopefully you'll <laughs> nice. find someone in your area. Uh, you know what you may want to do? I know this sounds random. Do you know anybody that has a pickup that's a stick? Are there any pickups in Iowa, do you think? Possibly. Uh, mm. but, but, but honestly, I feel like those are robust. A lot of guys have got like old pickups they use for fill-in here. I mean, that's, that's just true in a lot of places in the U.S. Sure. Find a guy with an old pickup and see if that's a possibility. There were those of you that actually responded to Mark on, on uh, Facebook. Thanks for doing that, saying, you know, get a dealer that's nice to you and that kind of thing. Maybe. I was in a car with a friend. Uh, you know our friend Jonathan. Ah, Paul. yes. He was driving yes. cars and possibly considering getting a manual. He could kind of drive a manual. And we were doing test drives in Los Angeles, and we got hit because he didn't leave a light when he was supposed to. Oh. And that was one of the most awkward things I've ever been. I was sitting in the back seat just, just staying quiet. The but anticipatory he was, thing. But he was driving, and we were sitting at the light. We were front car at the light, and he started to take off, and then he stalled the car, and the car behind us hit us. Oh, uh, yeah. So the problem that's with the test drive while you're trying to learn to drive stick, that's just that's that's a lot going on there. I don't know that I recommend that. Hopefully you can find somebody that will help you out, though. Any other questions that we need to get to now? Uh, many others, but not for right now. Thank you guys for listening. This has been yet another lengthy podcast with a random rant in space. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to keep doing that. doing it's that, just, aren't you? I just, I'm seeing pigs in space. From... What car should we shoot in space besides the Batmobiles? What um, do you think? Hmm. Anything else? Well, hey, you know Movie what? We, sh- we should finish off what Top Gear started and get a Reliant Robin up there. We should. Let's just yeah. get that fully shuttleized and launch that into space and get that done. <laughs> That's true. That needs to happen. Um, why not? Uh, the, the BAC mono looks like it should be floating in space. It should be. Even though I want to keep all of them the here. The Earth has one less BAC mono. I know. Mono. I want to keep them all here. That is the downside to that. We could get into all the terrible... You know what? Prowler in space. That kind of works. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. And then, you know, if we're going to put mannequins in these cars that are launched into space, can we do a Nissan Murano? It has to be the teal. Nissan Murano, <laughs> convertible, top down, and we have to have a, a mannequin in every seat. Oh, of course. Perfect. Can they be wearing fur? One of them should be at least. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. I think that'd be awesome. Okay, and that does it for us, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you should hear us after the podcast. <laughs> Somebody asked about us being family friendly when the recording is happening. Anyway, yeah. Guys, thank you a million times. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. 
ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.